I don't know. <laughs> Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. It is midnight in Cozy Corner and at the Bates Motel. They do indeed have a vacancy. It is time for the late night fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKNF Cozy Corner Public Radio. What do we got tonight? Tonight, we got the classic. 1960 Alfred Hitchcock film Psycho starring Anthony Perkins and Janet Leigh. Can you dig it? I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it too. I am the coyote. It is time to check into the Bates Motel. It's time for the late night fight with Dan and Faith on WKNF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very no-vacancy co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, it's January. We are wrapping up Mystery Thriller Month here on the show. We started off with Alfred Hitchcock and Rear Window back Mm -hmm. on January 1st. We are going to finish up with The Master of Suspense. Faith, what movie are we talking about today? Psycho. 1960s Psycho. This really might be Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece, and that is saying something. (laughs) That's saying something. So we've had a lot of fun doing Mystery Thriller Month here on the show. We started with Rear Window. We did Play Misty for Me. We did Blowout. We did Reservoir Dogs. Now we're ending how we began, as as we said, with the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock, and his masterpiece, Psycho. Uh, Hitchcock has been a running theme throughout this month, and uh, we didn't plan it that way, but uh, <laughs> I guess when you're doing mystery, thriller, and suspense, that's... That's the way you, to go, you I guess. You can't go wrong with it, yeah. right? <laughs> So if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are so happy to have you here in our little cozy corner of the internet. If you are a return listener, thank you for your continued support. I would like to thank all of you out there for listening. We have had the biggest month in the history of the show. We seem to be saying that every month, and we this month we've said it earlier. Usually mm-hmm. it's you know that first show in the in the next month, but uh, we've had a very big month here, and I sincerely want to thank all of you for yes. that. So it's uh, opening up a lot of opportunities for Faith and I that we're going to be exploring very in the exciting. future. Um, to give you a, just a heads up, so this has been Mystery Thriller Month, and we'll go ahead and you know kind of spoil what we're doing uh, next month. We're doing just straight horror again. Um, it got, feels like it's been a while. <laughs> it does. It feel. It really does feel like it's been a while. And I think we have some really good films picked out. And uh, we're going to be celebrating our year anniversary next week, if you can believe that. No, not And really. uh, just as we... Uh, as we we're ending the way we began this month, we are going back to the uh, to the beginning of the show, and we're going to be doing a film from Wes Craven, uh, who directed uh, Scream, which was the very first uh, 
film that we talked about on the show. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about one of his, uh, I think, one of his great works, too. It's, uh, it's a really interesting movie. It has some ties with Scream and uh, a character that Faith and I both really, really love. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But uh, that's putting the cart before the horse. Thank you all for, uh, for joining us. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're going to have a good time tonight. So let me tell you how we're doing this tonight. Psycho Faith is one of those films. Psycho Faith? Is that who you're describing? Psycho Faith. That's right. That's her laser tag name. Psycho Faith. Um, it fits. It does. Psycho Faith 69. There it is. Um, Psycho is one of these one of these movies. It's it's there's so many scholarly things out there about it. There's mm-hmm. uh, books written about it. There's uh, you know breakdowns of these scenes. We're not taking an analytical approach to the technical stuff. Really, we're going to be talking about this uh, movie as fans, and we're going to be talking about just thematic things that we notice. We're going to talk about the performances and uh, things of that nature. If you uh, so desire uh, those technical breakdowns, uh, they're all over YouTube. And I do recommend, uh, checking them out, especially things that break down the shower scene, because there's something like 70 cuts in the shower scene. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're, we would be here for three, four hours (laughs) if we get into like the technical aspects of it. Um, uh, with all that said, this is indeed a masterpiece. It is, uh, always, you know, in that discussion of the greatest films ever made, it's always at the top of the list. Of Hitchcock films, you know, the greatest Hitchcock films ever made. Mm-hmm. And his filmography is one of those great filmographies, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's always up there with uh, Rear Window and Vertigo and, and Psycho. Seem to in North by Northwest is in there. But, uh, you know, Vertigo and Psycho seem to be kind of kind of fighting it out mm-hmm. for the for the top spot. And both of those movies are really great. This is this is such a great movie. Now, if you would like some background on Psycho, we did an episode on the 2012 biopic Hitchcock. That's available. Uh, we get into a little bit about what went into the making of this movie, as is told in that film, uh, Hitchcock financing that himself. So we're, we're going to keep this discussion on the film. Just uh, things we notice in the film, things that we like in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, so if you're looking for that real heavy technical thing, that's that's not gonna, not here. Not here. We're not <laughs> we're not going to be talking about shots and edits and and, and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, those are out there, and I highly recommend checking them out. I I enjoy checking them out. I still you know we'll go and look at, at those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is uh, there's some great analytics out there on on YouTube. So uh, I recommend those. But uh, no, we are going to have fun with this tonight. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully you know uh, we were talking about this preparing for the show. I think we both um, have a few things to say about it that maybe. Uh, as is the spirit of this show, we want you to, uh, you know, uh, get excited about watching the movie. That's it. That's yeah. that's what we want. <laughs> and uh, I think I think we both see some things here that uh, maybe you out there haven't seen or or maybe it's been a while and you may may have forgotten that they're there. So mm-hmm. this is not intended to be the end all be all analysis of Psycho. I don't think there is one out there, and this <laughs> this is definitely not going to be that analysis. But uh, I do think we have some interesting things to add to the conversation, you know, and uh, hopefully that'll come through in the show. But uh, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Mystery Thriller Month is wrapping up, and I honestly cannot think of a better film to I end know. on. You I know. know. <laughs> we uh, it was funny because we have five uh, you know five Wednesdays in mm-hmm. in January and so usually you know we're looking at like four shows you know and so we had that 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 hanger <laughs> we hit you know hanger and uh when I was programming this month 
Faith uh, very graciously let me pick the mystery thriller films, and we were trying to decide which order to do them in. And I said, "Well, I think the best thing let's just do chronological order." You know, to, you know, right. seem to be, you know. And then we saw that there was some. Uh, uh, recurring themes throughout all of them. So we said, let's do them chron- chronologically. Mm-hmm. That way we can kind of build. And then we had this, this just kind of hanging there at the end. And <laughs> I don't remember which one of us it, it was, but it was like, well, let's do psycho. <laughs> you know, let's come back and do, it might've been you. It's, it, I don't know, but it was like, let's, let's do psycho. And I think it was the right call. Yeah, I think so. too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the right call. So, uh, before we get too far into it, um, you know, we don't really talk, too too much about current events or anything like that but uh you know faith and i um our our hearts and our thoughts and our prayers go out to the family of kobe bryant this Mm -hmm. was a real shock this week um uh shocking for me because uh he's my age or he was my age as we you know we need to talk about him now in the past tense which is weird um he uh was around for a long time this is the thing that uh a lot of people might not you know Remember about him, he came into the league as, as an 18-year-old, you know, and mm-hmm. so he was around for a long time. I know. Yeah. Won uh, five NBA championships with the Los Angeles Lakers. One of uh, a few, uh, very few players. He might be the only one I was I was hearing the other day uh, to win back-to-back finals MVP. I and think so, yeah. uh, Holds the record for scoring the uh, most amount of points in his final game. He is a uh, Hall of Fame basketball player, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a shock. That was a shock Sunday morning mm-hmm. to to hear that. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that his daughter, you know, his thirteen year old daughter was with him, and his friends and-, and his wife is uh, is now left with. I mean, she lost her husband, she lost a daughter, and they have a, a child that's not one year, you know, not a, not a year old. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's awful in our hearts go out to them and uh you know it, it it's just one of those things it, it's it can go by so quick know. you know and uh that was shocking news that was that was shocking that hit me the same way uh uh the paul walker news you know hit you know because these, these yeah. were these were young men yeah. you know young men in there and it's like so you know that so many people looked up to you know and you almost feel like you feel all of their set, you know, their sadness kind yeah, of way in, yeah. you know. And I wasn't a Kobe Bryant fan. Me um, neither, but you know, you know, it's I mean, still the situation is just yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really heartbreaking situation, and uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Everybody just seems to want to talk about it, and I feel mm-hmm. like we needed you know, just yeah. you know, it's one of those things like here on the show. You know, you just you just kind of need to mention it. You know, just as a kind of when you go back in the future and listen to the shows. This is what was going on now. You know, when we were getting the show together. It's hard to believe that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just an absolute, and and you texted me that he had, you know, he was in the accident and uh, I, it had not broken nationally yet. Right. And so I was online and I was looking, I was like, well, she had to have misheard something. You know, something, (laughs) something was wrong. My sister actually had told me because her boyfriend idolizes, you know, Kobe Bryant. And I think, I mean, he was texting her, I'm going to be sick and, yeah, I'm gonna cry, and then so that literally that was all before anybody really, you know, it was confirmed. I, I had my fingers crossed that it was a hoax. Me too. I really actually. did. I had my fingers I crossed did too. that it was a hoax, and uh, it, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was really something. And uh, like I said, um, uh, he was he's one of the greatest players of his generation of any generation. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer. 
uh, that's a little bittersweet. And uh, he became, as a good friend of mine said, uh, regardless of what you thought about him, he'd become a statesman for the game and a spokesman for the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he won an Oscar for a short film that mm-hmm. he uh, uh, had collaborated uh, with John Williams on. Yep. And uh, he said he used to sing John Williams music to his kids. That would that would <laughs> get them to, to go to sleep. He would hum uh, John Williams tunes. So it's a it's that's a cool. that's a loss. That's a that's a big loss. And the outpouring of love and affection has been uh been it's been uh kind of neat and heartwarming and, and bittersweet all at the same time so that's mm-hmm. that's what was going on when when we were doing this show and that's a you know an international story it's um really sad yeah really really sad so well uh we don't want to get too down we don't want to get too down here because we're just a few weeks out from huey lewis and the news album <laughs> <laughs> weather he was on the cbs sunday morning show and uh, talking about his hearing loss, Meniere's disease that he has, and uh, I just got to say, Huey, uh, Huey's a hero for putting up. You know, that's that's a it, it requires a lifestyle change, and it's a and it is a change. And uh, I'm looking forward to a new album. I'm very sad though that this this is probably the last one. Probably so. Probably so. But at least there is, and you know, at least there's, there's that body <laughs> of work out there for us to all enjoy. Anyway, well, we don't want to be Debbie Downers here. Uh, we are going to be talking about the feel good movie of 1960, right. Psycho. <laughs> but before we can talk about Psycho, Faith, we have a little bit of business to get to, don't we? We do. Faith, what do we have to do? The news. The news. Actress Gwyneth Paltrow recently posed in front of a giant vagina made of flowers. Gwyneth, while charming as a mofo in the Marvel movies, has apparently lost her grip on reality. God bless you, Gwyneth. That's a uh, tie-in to last week's story when she had the vagina-scented candles, isn't it? Yes, must be a, a celebration of yeah. or something. I wonder what they're doing over there at Goop. I don't know. Well, in a poll conducted of the bees in Cozy Corner, 100% of the bees surveyed said that their favorite bass player is Sting. That comes as no surprise. And here's a little breaking news. I'm just getting this in. Uh, their favorite astronaut is Buzz Aldrin. Makes sense. Very clever. We have an update on the giant flower vagina. The flowers have wilted. I repeat, the flowers have wilted. God bless you, Gwenny. God bless you indeed, Gwenny. Well, Bobbo the Clown, host of the number one rated children's show on Cozy Corner Television, Bobbo's Basement, recently farted in a crowded elevator. Everyone knew it was Bobbo because the fart smelled funny. And that's the news. fake news fit to print and say on a fake radio show <laughs> isn't one of those not fake actually yeah the Gwyneth, <laughs> the Gwyneth, i will say this the Gwyneth, Gwyneth paltrow stories that we have done are uh, with, with the candles and with the uh with the big flower vagina those are absolutely real i 
we did that not I thought were make, fake we did not make those up those are absolutely <laughs> real well robert block made up a pretty good story it's a pretty good yarn in 1959 he published that <laughs> under under the title psycho and the great director alfred hitchcock in 1960 he picked that up and ran with it we're gonna be talking about that when we get back from the break i am dan and, and we'll see you on the other side Todd Wick, former Hells Angel, ordained minister, and owner of Holy Smoke, Cozy Corner's premier Christian vape shop. Join me every Sunday at 7 a.m. right here on WKML as we discuss the latest in vape juices and salvation. Tell them what we've got this week, Shasta. That's my wife. We got blueberry cheesecake vape and Psalm 34.8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one that takes refuge in him. Now you're vaping, brother. Holy smoke. Every Sunday at 7 a.m. Only on WKMF. Cozy Corner Public Radio. This is Bobby, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. If you are getting it on, thinking about getting it on, or perhaps have just gotten it on, then Afterglow is the show for you. Join me as I play the best classic soul and R&B slow jams. My show is responsible for having made more babies than any show in the history of shows. Fact. My show is also responsible for having played the 1972 Tower Power Classic, Still a Young Man, more than any show in the history of shows. Fact. Come get it on with me, Bobby, every Friday night after the late night fright. Afterglow. Love that, Bobby. Yeah, I know. WKMF cannot verify the validity of any claims made by Bobby, but we do urge you to listen to his show. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. It is the end of January, which means it is the end of Mystery Thriller Month. And Faith, we have a really good film to talk about. Tell them one more time what we're talking about. Psycho. Psycho from director Alfred Hitchcock, 1960. This one is a masterpiece. As I said uh, in the introduction, uh, if you haven't checked out the episode we did on Hitchcock from 2012, check that out. It's a kind of a nice primer Mm -hmm. in a way for this. Um, So uh, Hitchcock, after North by Northwest, uh, they asked him, you know, if he was going to retire because that was, you know, his latest and his greatest. And as they say in Hollywood, you're only as good as your last picture and they were expecting him to do something along the lines of that he went a completely different way didn't he he (laughs) he he, uh he optioned the robert block novel psycho now robert block wrote this and he was uh taking inspiration from the serial killer ed gein now you know a little bit about ed gein don't you can you give us the uh the short version of who ed gein was he's a killer that's 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 (laughs) it yeah (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I believe he had his mother in a uh, in a room, if I'm not mistaken. 
<laughs> yeah, so that was a short version you wanted. Yeah, that was it. That'll do. That'll, that'll do, pig, <laughs> as they said in, uh, in the movie Babe. Um, so uh, uh, Robert Block took inspiration from that. Now, Robert Block is someone we have talked about on the show because he wrote uh, an episode of Star Trek that we talked about. He wrote an episode called Wolf in the Fold that was a really good episode. Uh, dealt with Jack yeah. the Ripper and the future and uh, all this uh, all this uh, fun highfalutin stuff. It's, uh, it's a good good episode. Uh, it turns out that the voice of uh, Piglet was uh, the serial killer known as Jack the Ripper in that Star Trek episode. But uh, Hitchcock, uh, he, he wanted this artistic freedom. He wanted to feel young again. So he optioned this against the advice of uh, his, uh, his managers and agents and studio heads and people in his social circle. And he wanted to make this movie. He put up the money himself. And I believe it really paid off well for him. Uh, at 60 years old, he made arguably the greatest film of his career. When, when a lot of guys are winding down, he, he, he knocked this out the park. And this is one for the ages. This is consistently voted as one of the greatest films ever made. It is uh, on the AFI Top 100 list. I believe it is at number 15, if I'm not mistaken. It is on the uh, uh, list of greatest horror films. It's on the list of greatest thrillers. Norman Bates is on the list of uh, Top 100 uh, heroes and villains he's at number two uh nestled right in between darth vader at three and hannibal lecter at number one so not <laughs> bad company that he's in um this is just from top to bottom uh, this this is a great film there's it there's really no is. getting there's no getting around it and this is one of the most studied films it is uh uh you know it, this is one of those movies that even if you haven't seen it you know it, mm -hmm. you know, and that to me is a testament of a great film, a classic yeah. film. This is a classic in every sense of the word. So 1960, this stars Anthony Perkins, this stars Vera Miles, John Gavin, Martin Balsam, and Janet Leigh. Janet Leigh is horror royalty because of her appearance in this film. She also gave birth to horror royalty in the form <laughs> of her daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, who uh, would star in the films Halloween, The Fog, Halloween H2O, uh, some other horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> and some other movies that don't we count. We want you on our show one day. We can't think of the other movies. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Activia spokeswoman, Jamie Lee Curtis. And then she went Christmas on us. And, and then, yeah, she went Christmas <laughs> on us. Yes. Um, so uh, let's get right into it. Faith, 1960s Psycho. This movie is 60 years old this year. Crazy. I would like to say that this movie, I believe, is every bit as powerful as it was when it came out 60 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you're a big fan of this film. I'm a big fan of this film. Why are you a big fan of this film? For very many reasons. I think, I mean, I think the, just the way I think the, the story is set up, the way it's told, I think is just so brilliant. This you know? is a perfect setup. It really is. There's a lot of thematic material here, and we're going to, we're going to hit on some of the, some of the greatest hits from this movie, but is a pure exercise in setup. This is perfect. It doesn't get better than this. With and and what I mean by setup is the uh, setup and reveal. Right. Setup and reveal. This is this is like it. Yeah. Know? <laughs> you know. And I was thinking too while watching this. You don't meet Norman for like what twenty minutes into the movie. Twenty five, I believe, like, is, yeah. is what it is. You get what I'm saying. You don't meet him mm -hmm. right off the bat. And he's and not. He's not the. 
the 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 star of the movie right. in the beginning. And, and I think that's really important, and it made me think of the movie, uh, The Fanatic, and how we had talked about. Yes, I, I don't. Did you say it on the actual episode? You know how? Yes, I did. You know, things would have been so different if you wouldn't have met John Travolta's character instantly. Did I make a did I make the Norman Bates uh, comparison with that, or or was it just more no. of a blanket like, like here's how you fix this? Like, I don't remember you if you did, co- but it was it popped into my head as watching it because it's like this is such a good setup, and instantly I thought of the fanatic because you know things could have been different. And I think we <laughs> I think we were both in agreement that it that that's funny because Norman comes in twenty twenty five mm-hmm. minutes in. I think we were both in agreement that that movie would have been better served if Travolta had come in. <laughs> Like twenty minutes into the film, yeah. and then you fo- then you follow Travolta. Yep. That's interesting. That's a that's a good that's mm-hmm. a good callback. I didn't think I didn't think about that. That's that's excellent. One of the reasons I like this movie is uh, everything you just said <laughs> and the historical significance of the movie mm-hmm. in the horror genre. Right. You know because it is a it is a horror movie of sorts. It's the first psychological horror movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it also sets, uh, sets up the slasher picture and that's mm-hmm. a, a genre that you and I are both very fond of. And this, uh, we've mentioned this so many times on the show and I know we're going to mention it in the future. Psycho is one of the, uh, foundations upon which that genre is built this in a movie from 60 or 61 called peeping Tom, and uh, but Psycho is really, you know, acknowledged as, yeah. you know, the granddaddy. Yeah. And then you get uh, Texas Chainsaw in 74 and Black mm-hmm. Christmas in 74. And those are then, you know, kind of leading into that golden period. But uh, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween owes a great debt to this film, oh, yeah. you know, um, and Carpenter, I believe, has said in interviews before that Psycho and Hitchcock in particular are a huge influence on him. And uh, speaking of Hitchcock, we mentioned it. Um, you know, in the intro, if it wasn't in the intro, it was in the episode we did on Base Motel. But uh, Hitchcock has been a running theme throughout Mystery Thriller Month, and you know, rightfully so, because he is <laughs> the master of this genre. Yeah. And and we've seen it obviously in Rear Window, which is his picture. But uh, uh, Play Misty for me, we were we were both kind of taken with the Hitchcock elements mm-hmm. in that film, which is uh, uh, itself kind of a psycho, you know, movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, blowout, especially Brian De Palma is is a Hitchcock disciple, and I believe I said on that show that you know there's Hitchcock and then there's De Palma, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah, and you did you give Hitchcock the nod because he was the first guy and did mm-hmm. it you know better than anybody, but De Palma has that thing, yeah. you know, and does it. It doesn't feel like a um, what's what I'm looking for, like a uh, kind of an analytical thing, like a you know you know this is you know. How are we going to pull this off? You know, it's not an academic thing. No, no, no. It's all feeling and emotion like Hitchcock. But he, he, Hitch was first through right. the door, <laughs> you know. And if the Palma was here, he'd agree with me. <laughs> um, so I like it. I like the historical aspect of it. And I like uh, I like the setup of it. And then, of course, you know, Hitchcock, you know, this thing. Watching this thing for the show, and I'll say this: I had not seen this movie in its entirety. It had been it's been a few years. It had been a few years. This mm-hmm. is, uh, I would say, at least five years mm-hmm. for me. Me too. Uh, this is a movie that is always kind of in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes back immediately. Everything, you know, there's instant recall on this movie. But it's something when you sit down and watch this movie. And uh, I, I commented to myself when I was watching, I was like, "This movie is a damn rocket ship." It. <laughs> 
it uh, as you were so fond of saying on the show, it hooks you immediately. Yeah. This thing, it hooks you from the opening credits. It's Saul Bass designed and that music that Bernard Harriman did. And we're going to talk about him in just a second. Um, and then into the story, you know, and it, yeah. and it just it goes it goes all the way through Janet Lee, and then we leave her and then we're kind of more with Anthony Perkins and, Norm, mm-hmm. and Norman Bates and then Vera Miles as a uh, uh, Marion Crane's sister. Uh, but but it just goes it it, it it sprints all the way to the to the finish line. And it's just absolutely amazing. This is an amazing piece of work. And I love that he made this. You know, right. <laughs> and it's considered lowbrow, you know, at the time. Right. You know, this is lowbrow entertainment. No, man, this is one of the things you and I were talking about. It's it's always something when you take a picture like this, like a like a, a slasher picture. Mm-hmm. We'll, let's call it a slasher picture. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody like Hitchcock, who's just the guy, you know. But we talked about this with A Nightmare on Elm Street with Wes Craven. When you take a slasher picture, a genre picture like this. And you give it to somebody who's that good with it and brings out these 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 flavors and these things with it. It becomes this something else. It right. becomes a work of art. And mm-hmm. not to knock on Friday the 13th from uh, 1980. We've done that on the show. Both, and we really enjoyed Friday the 13th, <laughs> you know, yes. when we did it. And way more than than I think, you know, we should probably admit. Because it's just a, it's a great, fun movie. But that's not the work of art as much artistry is in that film that's th- that's not the work of art that that a movie like psycho right. or halloween or uh black christmas mm-hmm. or uh elm street is you know and right. and that's not it's it's a great movie yeah, it's I a, love like that you said movie. it's a fun movie and i think yeah. that's the category it lands in. you know i mean that's a great category to be in you want to have fun with a the movie there yeah. you go <laughs> yeah but uh you know but when you give it to a great director like hitchcock now, of course, you know, he was inventing this genre, you know, right. uh, now the rules of the slasher genre mm-hmm. are not do not apply to this film. Um, but, uh, you know, you can see the influence in on, on these later films, but uh, it just becomes something else. It becomes this like great work of art. And Psycho is this great work of art. It was nominated for Best Picture that year. It was nominated for Best Director. Uh, it was nominated, I believe, for Score, Screenplay, and um, Janet Lee was mm-hmm. nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, rightfully so and we talk about awards every now and then on the show and how they really don't mean anything to us uh except for the one or two times you mentioned freddie highmore in the base motel episode like i really feel like he deserves something we've been harping on brad pitt with once upon a time in hollywood like he deserves something and uh in the future if you're listening to this he he may well have won an academy award for for playing cliff booth he's nominated at the time in this recording but every now and then there's something that comes along where you go oh you know they deserve an award um, Hitchcock never won an Oscar, and that to me just speaks volumes. <laughs> I know. You know, this is kind of like the thing. Um, I don't know if, you, if we have any sports fans out there or not, but uh, Derek Jeter, New York Yankees shortstop, one of the greatest Yankees of all time. That's saying something, as many, <laughs> you know, great yeah. you know, luminaries that they had on that team. He recently got uh, voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, out of 100 votes, it was 99 votes, and there was one. <laughs> guy who <laughs> didn't vote him in and i'm thinking to myself like you jackass you know like you know but babe ruth didn't get voted unanimously in, so it makes you wonder sometimes yeah. you know but uh it really makes you wonder like hitchcock didn't win an oscar and he didn't win an oscar for this right you know for this film <laughs> 
I mean, you know, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard to fathom, isn't it? <laughs> I guess that's why I say, hey, you know, I don't awards really care don't about matter. Awards. <laughs> awards don't matter. Before we get into it, I mentioned his name, Bernard Harriman, who is a uh, frequent collaborator with Alfred Hitchcock on many of his films. Uh, one of the greatest uh, composers of film music in the history of this medium. Uh, uh, often emulated, often imitated, but never duplicated. Bernard Herrmann uh, composed a score for this film, and uh, I would like to start with the score because it's the first thing that we get mm-hmm. in this, and it's uh, a very influential score. Everyone knows bits of this score, at least. Let's talk about the score. What do you think of Bernard Herrmann's score? What do you think I think of the score? I think you love it. <laughs> you are right. I think you love it. Now, why do you love it? Oh, I feel like it literally captures what this movie is. I feel like it's almost a character in itself. It really is. I mean, that's a great point. Um, it is incredible. It there is a menace to it uh, in the main titles. There's this real sense of menace mm-hmm. he has going on in the basses and the cellos. You hear it, bump, 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 bump. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. yeah, and there's this ostinato that's happening, and then, but then it's really interesting because there's a little bit of melody, this pretty melody, but it's dark. It's got these dark, <laughs> you know, overtones and undertones happening in it, and uh, it's a really great score. And that's not even the most famous bit of score from from it. It's Mm-mm. the uh, the murder scene in the shower, which you know he's got these stacked notes. Dun, 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 dun. You know what hit me? And we're going to talk about this with the with the thematic elements uh, when I was watching this uh, today for the show. It um, do you know what that sounds like? What? The the murder scene, some of the some of the pieces, the way he has it arranged. It almost sounds like birds. Mm-hmm. And that's something. I actually read that. Really, yes. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually read that. They people said that they don't know if it's intentional or not, but it, they thought that maybe. It was for the you know the sake of all the birds around you know that's the that's yeah. a Mormon thing, yeah. So they didn't know if that was intentional or not, but you're not the only person to notice it. And, so and, that's pretty cool that you mentioned. And, and as much as I've heard that, you know, I mean, it's a, it's one of the, in the in the it's in the popular culture. You did know? you also know that the, there was not going to be a score in that scene at all? I did, and I, that's like. You have to have it. <laughs> like, I'm so glad. They and they actually do show that in the Hitchcock film. They show Bernard Herrmann looking at it and goes, you know, let me put the, let mm-hmm. me put the score in. And uh, to Hitchcock's credit, you know, he, <laughs> he, he did. And uh, he agreed with him that it did propel yeah. it. I mean, in worst case scenario, you don't use it. You know, you don't, you, you know. But he envisioned it without the music. But I do think that it, it think works. The, yeah, I think with, it takes with, it to that next level. Yeah. It, it takes it to the immortal level. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was already good. Because... Um, I've watched that scene muted and it works, yeah. you know, as a, as a piece of terror, you know, <laughs> it does. But, uh, no, it takes it to that, that immortal, you know, yeah. that, that Mount Olympus level, you know, yeah. and, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about the shower scene in, in a little bit, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's, it's one of the most famous pieces of film score coming from, one of the most famous scenes in any movie coming from the best <laughs> scene in the best Hitchcock movie. So, I mean, it's, there's something to be said about it. So, all right. So we're, we're both, we're both huge fans of this. Let's talk a little bit about it. If you have not seen psycho, you need to go watch it immediately. Get out, 
but come back after you're done. So if you haven't seen it. I, yeah, what's wrong with you, man? That's just wrong. <laughs> so in Phoenix, Arizona, Marion Crane is in bed with her lover, Sam Loomis. Sam Loomis's name would then uh, go on to uh, be the uh, be the name for Doctor Loomis in Halloween. John Carpenter being a Hitchcock fan, <laughs> sly one there, John. Real sly. You think we weren't going to catch it? We caught it. <laughs> right. We caught it. Um, so anyway, so they're in bed. Uh, he lives in California. She is in Phoenix, and uh, he's he's divorced. He's having alimony problems, money problems. They hook up in these cheap motels. The cheap motel is going to come up in a bit because I want to talk about the. I'm going to talk about this scene, and we're going to tie it into mm-hmm. one of the other great scenes in the movie. And uh, so she goes back to her job. She works for a a brokerage company, a real estate company. They're selling a house to this gentleman for forty thousand dollars. He's a dad. He's buying his little girl this house for as a wedding gift. And she takes the $40,000, Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee. She takes this money, and she's on her merry way. And before we know it, she's taking the money, she's on the run, and she starts getting very paranoid. <laughs> and uh, she's stopped by a policeman, and the walls start closing in around her, and then she finds herself off of the main highway. She travels from day into night, and she finds herself at the Bates Motel. <laughs> the Bates Motel, where you can check in, but you can't check out. She will not check out. <laughs> As we said in the most famous scene in, in movie history, quite possibly, she is murdered by either Norman or Mother, you know, depending on your outlook on this kind of thing. And uh, he he disposes of the body. Uh, then people start looking for her, and then uh, chaos ensues, and then Norman is captured, and it is revealed that he is indeed Mother, that he is a split personality, and... Uh, and uh, chilling scene right there at the end. So that's the long and short of Psycho. I'm <laughs> sure you all out there have seen it, you know, <laughs> or you've at least heard of it. Or so let's talk. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, let's uh, general broad stroke here. What did you think of just the story? I think that it is so interesting. <laughs> that's that's a that's not a good word, but I think that's what attracts me to this so much. It's not even really. You know, the horror elements with a bathtub scene. I think mm. that whole psychological thing going on there is just what oh, is yeah. so good. <laughs> the let's uh let's talk about the window dressing here. The mystery element of it uh works. Mm-hmm. This woman on the run and there's money and you know but the money's not important, is it? Mm-mm. Irony of ironies, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the psychological stuff that's working here. Now, now Hitchcock was a, uh, fan of Sigmund Freud from what I hear. Uh, if you're a Bill and Ted's excellent adventure fan, that's, uh, Sigmund Freud, uh, (laughs) a Freud dude. He was a, he was a fan of the Freud dude. And, um, uh, that really comes into play here. Tell me about your mother. Well, well, mother, mother is a very important character here in Psycho. Um, so there are some Sigmund Freud elements at work here in, uh, in Psycho. This is a psychological horror film. This is considered to be the first psychological horror film. So let's start with Marion Crane. All right, Marion Crane, Crane, bird, bird imagery. Bird imagery is going to come up later. This is what's really interesting. The scene that she has with Sam Loomis... What are they talking about in that scene, Faith? What are are they talking about? Financial problems. Money, financial (laughs) problems. Yes. There's something else. There's something else because there's there's a shot in this. They show something on the nightstand. Do you remember what they show on the nightstand? Oh. It was sitting right there on a plate. 
The sandwich? The sandwich. She didn't eat her lunch. She didn't eat her lunch. So you've got, <laughs> in the daytime here, you've got sex going on. She's not eating. You know, what does she want? She says what she wants. It's 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 right. It, it's hanging out right there in the beginning of the, of, of the film. This is not just there to be. A, this is uh, he expanded this from the novel. The beats of the novel are there. He expanded. Uh, her name was Mary mm-hmm. in the book. They had to change it because there was a uh, Mary Crane in Phoenix. They, Did so you they, ever read the book? Long time ago. Yeah. It it it's. It, it's uh, awesome as the root of this mm-hmm. and as a companion piece because of the, the changes. Uh, Norman speaks with Mother. You know early on, I think, in the book that he split, which works, I think, in the book, but not in the film. Yeah. Wouldn't work in the film. So they, the changes were really great and necessary. Um, they both complement each other. You don't go, what the hell is this? Right. You know, <laughs> when you're reading it. Uh, Psycho 2, he wrote, uh, that one, you go, what the hell is this? There's there's some <laughs> some stuff in that. But um, anyway, um, I'm talking about the book, not the, not the film. But uh, anyway, she says it right there in the beginning. You know, she wants to have dinner. Mm-hmm. Not in this sleazy hotel. She <laughs> wants to have dinner. Reputable, right? Nope. She says she wants to have dinner with her mother's picture where on the mantle on the mantle her sister mm-hmm. cooking a big steak yep everything's uh everything's on the up and up right yep no sleazy hotel room no sneaking around and they the very uh what we would call possibly the 50s ideal mm-hmm. of courtship maybe yeah yeah, yeah. an older ideal mm-hmm. of courtship also very risque in this movie. We're seeing what we're seeing at this time with them laying in bed. You yeah. know what just happened. You know, uh, they're in various states of undress. Uh, so very risque. And uh, this is also the first film to show a flushing toilet. So, you know, <laughs> so there's there's some things here that are happening. And um, she's in white, almost virginal in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but she wants to have dinner. Reputably in a mm-hmm. nice place place you know with a man you know and uh authority yeah a parental authority right mm-hmm. kind of interesting right <laughs> just a little bit yeah a little bit right <laughs> all right so we and we follow her to her job mm-hmm. follow her to her job uh she's got a headache probably because she didn't eat because she was doing something else when she should have been eating right <laughs> i mean we established that in the scene um her boss comes in with this gentleman from uh somewhere texas or somewhere cowboy you know got the hat on flirts with her absolutely flirt. does he not yep. flirt with her he does uh do you get the feeling that this guy would just take her home make an honest woman out of her and she could have everything that she ever wanted right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right okay kind of but but he's older he's kind of fatherly right mm-hmm. all right all right mm-hmm. you got the father figure here this is this is this is where we're going mm-hmm. with this so she takes the money and when she decides to leave she's not wearing the white bra anymore is she what's she wearing she's wearing black. the black bra Ooh, bad girl bad girl <laughs> bad girl she goes on the road Okay, she's on the road, and um, she starts hearing voices. Mm-hmm. What is she hearing, Faith? Uh, she's hearing the man. What's his name? What was his name? I can't remember his name. But the father figure. But the man. father figure man. She's hearing the father figure man. She's hearing the conversation she's imagining mm-hmm. that they're having about her leaving yeah. and taking this money. Now she's supposed to take the money, go put it in the safety deposit box in the bank. And they're going to mm-hmm. deposit it on Monday because they don't want it at the office. So right. I mean, she's entrusted with this and she totally takes it. We're not 
explicitly told why she takes it. Although you get the idea because of Sam and his situation, she, she's taking money. Right. But and that was something I couldn't remember if that was explicitly said in the movie. She just, um, she just takes it. She leaves. Mm-hmm. She leaves. Then she starts getting a little paranoid, right? You yes. could say she's get she starts getting a little psycho. Yes, she's <laughs> she's the psycho of this first act of the movie. She really is. She is. She's driving down the road, and uh, we kind of get close in on her. We mm-hmm. keep getting closer on her, closer, 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 closer. She has a run in with the law. Um, Which, by the way. That run in with the law, she was making me so nervous. <laughs> oh yeah, and she's she's acting a little off and odd, and uh, you know because she has a secret, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, no one is on to her secret. But uh, you know she's acting a little iffy. The policeman follows her. She goes to use car dealership. She trades in the car. Uh, you know they're watching her. I'm getting antsy. You know right. watching it, <laughs> and uh, so she continues her journey. So into from day into night, then, uh, you know, we get to the base motel. Before we get to the base motel, what's really interesting, there's a shot in this movie of her in the car. There's two shots in particular I want to point out. One is this raining. Mm -hmm. And when you see her face in this car, what does it look like? Kind of uh, paranoid looking or... But it looks like she's in the shower. Well, yeah, I thought you meant what yeah. did she look like on her. Yeah, but I it mean, looks, she looked a little looks worried like she's about in the shower. The yeah. <laughs> then she starts. She starts having these. The she keeps hearing the voices, mm-hmm. hearing the voices. Janet Lee gives a look in this movie. We're not halfway in, but we're closer to halfway in than we are from the beginning. Right. And she gives this look that if you a b it with. The Perkins look at the end of the movie when he's in the cell and he wouldn't hurt a fly. That look, it's the same thing. So the point I'm the point I'm making here is this movie kind of halves itself. Mm-hmm. This movie, uh, the thematic stuff in this movie is mirrors and windows and yes. mirrors and windows and mirrors, 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 and the the characters of Norman and Marion reflect each other back, and the movie itself reflects back. Yep. With a crime being committed, you know, the, with yeah, the everything's the, parallel to every, each other. <laughs> yeah. And it goes from night into day. There's mm-hmm. this yin yang thing going on with this, the with these characters, the dark. light in the dark. And you follow one of them and then you follow the other one. And I think people have made this case before that you could almost say that they're the same person. You're following yeah. the same, the same line, yeah. you know. So you've got her with the parental figure in her in her head, and this is what she wants. And then she pulls into the base motel, and she has a dinner, a reputable dinner with the mother figure literally looming over in the shape of a uh, taxidermied uh, owl and and uh, a taxidermied mother literally <laughs> looking down from a window, um, you know, with this man. And there's sexual overtones here. There's there's um, a lot of stuff going on in in that scene, and. Uh, so she does get what she wants. Yeah. Isn't that something? It is something. Isn't that something? So Not a very happy ending. <laughs> no, not a very happy ending. It's almost like this, uh, uh, she decides to do the right thing. It's almost like a baptism, mm-hmm. and but it's short-lived baptism, yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh, But anyway, but those, those, those shots of her in the car with the rain, and it kind of reminds me, it reminded me, I was like, I was like that's a shower, oh, yeah. you know? And then... Um, her with that look, you know, and I just YouTubed the scene with him in, in the, uh, <laughs> in the cell. And I was like, that's that, this is the same, same look. look. So that, that, that prologue, it's not even a prologue. This is, 
it, it's all one story, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know like some people have said, you know, well, he spends time here and then you go, here. well, no, no, it's all serving, you know, this thing, you know, cause yeah. she's going psycho herself. Yeah. You know what I think is cool to, you know, kind of them being parallel, you start at a hotel and she says she doesn't want to be there anymore because, yeah. you know, and it's almost like this isolation thing, but look at Norman's life. His whole life is at hotel. Right. You know, so it's like literally. <laughs> right. Right. You know? It's yeah. kind of interesting. And it's one of those things, it's not there on accident, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, you know, definitely not there on accident. It, it, it's too much of it to to not, mm-hmm. you know, to be coincidental kind of thing. Right. Um, I think it's very interesting. Though. Now, I did hear somebody say there's something called the Mobius Strip where they sit, they talk about you can go, you know, so far uh, down the Mobius Strip and then you, you wind up on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, and that – uh, film critics have said that this this is what Psycho is. You're you're going down the Mobius strip. You know, you go day and then you get into night. Right. You know, it, it's her world and then and then Norman's world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you have the great imagery. Uh, her name is Crane Bird. You got the birds. You know, in his in his little uh, office behind the uh, well study behind parlor. Mm-hmm. I think is what he calls it behind the office. And I mean, there's all this imagery going on in this in this uh, uh, Freudian stuff. You know, as we said, Hitchcock was a, was a fruit dude, <laughs> and um, you know, people have pointed out that the house there's three la- uh, layers to the house. There's the id, super ego, and ego. Yep. You know, and mother, depending on where Norman is, it's where, where she's is, placed <laughs> is where she's placed. Yep. Yes, and uh, it's it's very very interesting and heady stuff. It's psychological stuff. And what are your thoughts on the birds specifically? What they represent, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, I, but there I've, is I've that overbearing things. with the owl. You know, the mother being the owl. Yeah, you know, I've read two. I've read two different things. Well, first off, the mother, the mother in parentheses, mm-hmm. when uh, he's upstairs with her, she says, I "Might as well just be one of your stuffed birds." Yes, you know, because I'm just yeah. sitting there inactive. But then I also read that stuffed bird. You know, it's British slang for sex, and like all of them are representatives of like the women. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, so, I mean, then I'm, we're gonna go with that because yeah. <laughs> because that actually completely works because of uh, her being Marion Crane, mm-hmm. you know, Bird, and he's uh, lustful and, and and covetous of her. Exactly. And you know, you've got these birds, you know, and um, you know, he says you eat like a bird. But then the funny thing is too, you know, uh, we we talked about Hitchcock, and there's a great scene in Hitchcock, uh, the the 2012 film. Mm-hmm. That we talked about, uh, where the Janet Lee character gives Hitchcock candy corns, mm-hmm. and as I said, it had been a while since I'd seen Psycho, so we were doing Hitchcock, kind of you know prepping, getting ready for Psycho, right. and to have some fun and, and mm-hmm. all that. And there's the scene then after she dies, and next time that you see Norman Bates, he's sitting on a bench outside cabin number one, and he's eating this uh, from this bag of uh, candy corns. It says it right there on the bag. And I'm watching this today and I'm going, well, it looks like he's eating a bag of birdseed. You know, it totally looks like birdseed. So in a way, then he's become her, mm-hmm. you know, um, because and, and the funny thing is he has become her because she's running from a problem. You know, she's got this problem with the money they're looking for. Well, now he's got a problem because they're looking for her. Yep. You know, and it's it's amazing the way it switches. I know. You know, it's amazing. You don't have a through antagonist in the movie, you know, and and I will buy that. That psychologically speaking, you are following the same character, but you're following a sp- it's split mm-hmm. into 
into the gender. And then you've got the overbearing men in her life. You've got the uh, the used car salesman. You've got the uh, the um, uh, policeman. Yes. You've got the the two guys in the office. You've mm-hmm. got the guy coming in to buy the house. You've got her boss. You've got the overbearing men there on her. And then there's a gender swap with him with the overbearing female. Yep. You know, it's not a coincidence. Nope. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't feel like it's a coincidence. No, I don't know? think so at all. And I feel like. A lot of times with movies like this, people will start throwing out stuff and you start digging deep into a movie. And I think sometimes you can go a little too deep. I mm-hmm. think, uh, um, who was it? Stephen King said, no, it's just a good horror story. You know, like <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, as, <laughs> as Sigmund Freud would say. Um, I think you can go deeper into Psycho. I think you, I think, I so. think you can keep keep going. I think so, too. You know. And, and I, I don't know that there's a bottom to it because no, I, there's just I mean, so much in it. I even read that. Like people, I think people say, you know, you can have so many theories about this and so many ideas about it. And that's okay because, you know, there are so many things to say about it. You yeah. Know, to keep going about it. I mean, can, can you ever really stop? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I, I like the idea that this is day and night duality, mm-hmm. you know, because the mirrors are all there. When he first meets her, you're seeing him reflected in the window yep. of uh, of the cabin number one where the murder is going to take place. You see her in mirrors quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, throughout the movie. So uh, it's not a mistake. Even the the policeman has those mirrored sunglasses, yep. you know, reflecting back. So, no, this is Marion and, and Norman's movie. Oh, yeah. You know, the the and then. The thing with the female, so they, you know, where it meets the female and male influence, you know, because he's he's lustful after her, but that mother part, that domineering part, you know, can't have that mm-hmm. because because and we talked about this in the base motel episode. What <laughs> I love just... about Janet Lee and her performance is now in the movie Hitchcock makes a point out of selling that Janet Lee's a mother, mother, mm-hmm. mother. You know, they talk about that quite a bit. And she's she comes off what do you, she came off lovely in that movie, mm-hmm. the way Scarlett Johansson played oh, her. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. as a she's a woman, an actress and a mother, you know, yeah. and and uh the Marion character here comes off maternal. She does. She's sexy and all that and all that yeah. stuff, but but there's a maternal thing that's happening in yeah. this scene. And we talked about in the base motel episode, it's not, it doesn't work in their kind of loose remake, right. but here it's like stirring all these things. So like, like all of these pieces meet in yeah. that parlor with those birds around and all this stuff. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's really heady stuff, I know. <laughs> you know, and it completely works, but, but you don't have to be watching the movie that way. It works just as a straight you know, uh, thrill ride right. through, but it just really adds to it. Now, subconsciously, you're picking this up. Mm-hmm. You might not be articulating, but you're you're picking it up. You know, it's yeah. great. It's fantastic yeah, it's, stuff. It's all there for you to see. But, you know, I mean, yeah, it's so well done. It's so good. And then, and then, you know, we end. She's in white at the beginning. He's in white, or she, I should say. <laughs> you know, is in white. You know, at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 really good. Let's. Um, Let's let's talk about the performances here because I think the performances are are just everybody, everybody in this movie. Yeah. I want I want to talk about two of them. Now, I think you know who yeah, I want I who so. I want to talk about. Who do you, who you want to talk about first? I'm gonna let you pick. I don't. It, let's start with Janet Lee. Let's talk uh, the Hitchcock blonde. <laughs> yes, Hitchcock blonde. Um, 
Janet Lee was, of course, married to Tony Curtis. She is the mother of Jamie Lee Curtis. And this is her signature role. She uh, was very happy to have been in this movie, to be associated with it, because she said, you know, a lot of actors and actresses don't get a signature role. She got a signature role. And again, I keep harping on this. She's in the best Hitchcock movie, (laughs) and she's the star of the best scene in the best Hitchcock movie, you know. And I think she gives a really great performance here. This was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, what did you think of uh, of Janet Lee? I think she's so incredible. I think that, you know, out of all the Hitchcock blondes that you can think of, I, th- I mean, I don't think I could picture anybody else in that place, you know? You agree? I mean... I completely agree. Um, I think Janet Lee does. It, it's kind of one of these things like, and I don't know, I might be completely wrong here. It's kind of like one of these things you, you remember the shower scene and you forget all of the other stuff that mm-hmm. comes before it. And I, I've seen this. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie, you know, but as I said, it had been a while and I'm watching it and I was so impressed with what she was doing. Like, Me too. like, acting wise you know and the way she was playing kind of coiled up mm-hmm. kind of coiled up uh paranoid you know yeah and um it, it was it, it works it's 60 years old and it still works said, especially when she was uh pulled over oh, well not pulled over you know she was uh, in the car and the police officer stopped you feel she's got like this nervous thing about her <laughs> that's there yeah. like it's her it's like not even the scene she is making you nervous yeah like it's so totally good. <laughs> totally um, the other thing that I would like to add about her that I noticed this time around is how much of this movie plays on her face. Mm-hmm. She carries the first 25 minutes of this movie by herself, really. And so much of it is just playing out on her face. She's hearing the, you know, the voices, as we said, and you're seeing her react to yeah. it. And my God, you're with it the entire time. Mm-hmm. You know? And you're feeling very uh you're feeling her paranoia mm-hmm. and you're feeling her her slipping sense of freedom <laughs> you know <laughs> and as much as i love her in the shower scene i have to give her credit for those car scenes you know going toward baseball i mean when she's here that's voice, that's what was knocking that, me out this go around that's probably my favorite thing that's why her. she was nominated I mean, for an oscar yeah i can see yeah. why <laughs> yeah she she's really fantastic like you were locked on her yeah, I mean, she's really fantastic. She and really is. It's uh, one of the other things you asked me. What, what is something that you like about this movie? You know, things you like about it. And one of the things I like the uh, I like the bold ballsiness of killing her off. Mm-hmm. I know this is in the book. I know this happens in the book. It doesn't matter. They kill off your main character forty some odd minutes and halfway through the movie. I, who does that? You know, seriously, who does that? You but know? it's so necessary because I feel like the mystery and the intrigue of everything can continue on with her with her murder. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you would have dragged it out, I don't know if the story would have been as no, no, because as it's compelling. Because it then it then it becomes about her murder mm-hmm. because you're you're following her crime, right? Or her her fleeing right. her crime, trying to escape her mm-hmm. crime, and then you're then it's her murder. So right. I mean, she's still there, and that's right. why I said I think you can make the point that they are quote unquote the same character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's that it's that energy thing that comes through yeah. in the switch. You know. It, it's yeah. She <laughs> she's really, really good. I know. <laughs> you know, really, really good. Now you said you like her in the shower scene. You know, I, what do you like about her in the shower scene? Because I think 
you know, it can be overlooked that she's playing in the shower scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think it took five days to film mm-hmm. it, um, something like this. And I, I read why. I, I read why too. <laughs> I read why too. Should should we mention why? We could. I'd, I'd rather you take I'm that. I'm trying to remember the first one. Was it a cold or something? She had a cold. Yeah, the but second the second was her one. Period. She had her period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine that conversation? You know, on on uh, on uh, yeah, yeah. How do <laughs> you even? I be- can't do this. Too. How do you even begin? Why can't you? Yeah, it's bad Hitchcock. <laughs> Good evening. You're having your period. <laughs> we'll be back tsk, in a week. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, and I mean, listen, I, I, I don't know if it was right or wrong. I mean, I kind of maybe giggled when I read that just a, just a little bit, just oh, because, okay. just because I was thinking of the conversation, you know, like, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, but she is performing in that too, which is which is the thing. You know, it's not just turn around and look and scream. There's, there's right. Yeah, like she, yeah, she's fantastic in this. I guess I like her in the shower scene because I feel like it all comes to that unraveling moment for her. You know, it's like the vul- yeah, the vulnerability <laughs> of it too is is what's so impressive. You know, because I feel like, do you agree? Like, I feel like you know, throughout the movie, even in the car, she's kind of wound up and. Yeah. You know, and then here you are in the shower. She's just letting it all out. Well, like I like, said, it's 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 a symbolic baptism, and yeah. and it's she's made decisions. She's she's kind of free yeah. now, you know, and uh, yeah, and then it's this this tragedy happens, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just pretty awful, really. I know. Um, yeah, absolutely wonderful. A guy who was not nominated for an Academy Award for this, but uh, should have been nominated for an Academy Award for this. One of the great. Uh, one of the great uh, actors, I think. Uh, just wonderful personality, too. And we've mentioned Anthony Perkins on the show before. We mentioned him during the episode we did on Clue because he was approached to write the screenplay for Clue because he was a fan of mysteries and they thought he might have some some inroads into uh, cracking that. So he has he has been mentioned on the show before. Uh, as I've said it, you know, twice already, but, you know, one of the AFI top 100 villains of all time, number two on the list behind <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, Norman Bates. So, Faith, iconic villain, what do you think of Anthony Perkins' performance here in Psycho? Oh, I think he's great. I think that he's so likable in a way. And you had even texted me that, and that was something I was even noticing watching it earlier. He he really is, like, kind of like a... Um, He's got like a boyish charm to him. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a strange sympathetic quality to mm-hmm. him in this movie. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't mention this because they do bring this up in Hitchcock. Okay, so Anthony Perkins was a homosexual. Neither here nor there. One of the points they make in the Hitchcock film, though, is because now I don't know how how out he was at the time, right. like how much, you know, to the public knowledge, you know, because uh, we talked about uh, the director James Whale, and James Whale was a rarity in Hollywood because he was very openly out right. at that time, which was, you know, really unheard of. So we don't know. Uh, I don't know to what degree, you know, Anthony Perkins' right. uh, personal life was out. Now, the film Hitchcock, which is based on a, a book about the making of Psycho, really insinuates that that Hitchcock knew. You know, it right. was it was like a not too well kept secret. You know, <laughs> right. with him. Um, and there is a scene in that film where, where he says, uh, you know, he wants him because of his face, you know, mm-hmm. 
And uh, Anthony Perkins was an established actor. You know, he was a box office draw. And uh, but he said, you know, his face and he says uh, he says he seems like a guy who has something to hide. Now, the insinuation that they were making in the Hitchcock film is that he's gay and that he has to, you know, uh, you know hide that, right. you know, in 1960 Hollywood. OK, um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm watching this film and that scene is is fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching Norman Bates and it was so coming through that this is a guy with something to hide. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Anthony Perkins. I'm talking right. about Norman Bates. Right. And he tapped into to that, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm going the, the long way around to say <laughs> that Hitchcock's instinct on that, mm-hmm. time has proven him correct. And right. it comes across in the film, you know. And I think it's, uh, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So um, there, there's a real, like, disarming quality to him. <laughs> there's a real, like, sympathetic, likable quality to... <laughs> to to Norman um I read this this is this was this is not this is not something that I thought of but I was looking at some things and they said the real interesting thing in the movie I never thought about it this way we were talking about Marion and the men we mentioned you know the used car dealer I think the uh like the mechanic you know at one point you know there was those three guys standing at one mm-hmm. point the policeman was there with them right you know, uh, and then the other two guys that we mentioned, you know, the uh, the boss and the uh, the the millionaire, mm-hmm. and uh, it these kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of uh, I don't want to say stereotypical, but prototypical in a way. Men, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, getting things done. Men, mm-hmm. you know, men, you know, <laughs> probably watch Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Men, you <laughs> right? know, mm-hmm. men. I'm gonna go home and watch Die Hard. Men, <laughs> and. Uh, no harm befalls her at the hands of those men. But then you get to this kind of sensitive guy, you know, and there is a sensitivity to Norman. And I, I don't mean that in any other way than that. He's he's, you know, there's a there's an openness to him. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a you could tell that he's hiding something, you know. Right. But but there's a sweetness. And But the nicest guy in the film up to this point is the one that causes her the most harm. And I think that's a very interesting, um, you know, point that somebody It really is. I didn't think of that either. Right? That's actually really clever. Yeah, because, I mean, you have all those, like, all those other men, like the police officer kind of making her paranoid, but didn't do her any harm. Here's this... (laughs) And, the and nice here's guy the, the nice who's going to end it for you. The nice guy. She's well, not having, for you, but just you know, she's <laughs> like having, she's asking for it. Yeah, she's having that dinner that we were talking about that she wanted, yeah. and, and and all this. I I like what Perkins is doing in this movie. My favorite little Perkins moment is uh, there's a, there's a, a couple of them, but <laughs> but my favorite one is when he brings her into the room. And he's given the, the spiel about, uh, well, there's a telephone. And we've even got some stationery with Base Motel. You can make your friends envious. <clears throat> and he can't bring himself to, to, to say, say bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> he just kind of, and there's, there's the, the, she's yeah. at the bathroom. Yeah. And yeah. he, and he, yeah, he just kind of motions towards it. And uh, the kind of skittishness when uh, she, he brings her dinner and she offers to, you know let him eat it in the bedroom and i don't think that there's anything sexual in her mind at that at Mm-mm. that point do you no no i don't think so i think she likes him but it's it's again i think it's it's like a boyish charm he kind of reminds me of like this he's kind of got a young 
you know, a young kid kind of yeah. at heart feel then, to him. And then the maternal thing, she notices that he's uncomfortable and she and she is completely fine with, with going, you know, yeah. into the into the office and then mm-hmm. ultimately into the parlor. Yeah. And it's uh it, it it's a really neat relationship that they have, you know, that's captured here. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both really good. And again, not to keep going back to the film Hitchcock, but uh they make a point that they were contributing to this. They were oh, yeah. they were active you know, actively participating mm-hmm. in the in the collaborative process here. But Anthony Perkins just he, he he's so good and so just um he's not slimy mm-hmm. and he's not um he doesn't overplay it like evil ha 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 right. you know and there the the coolness with which he cleans that room right. you know and but there you go he's playing on his face too Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, it, it's 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 really wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it really is the more yeah. that you think about it. I it's mean. <laughs> re- it's really great stuff. Um, John Gavin and Vera Miles are also in the film. I mean, and they're fine. Yeah, That's my <laughs> biggest my biggest kind of knock on the film, mm-hmm. which doesn't take anything away from it, is I feel that the film drags for just a few minutes where they're carrying the film. I totally agree. By themselves, mm-hmm. you know, without Norman Bates mm-hmm. or uh, Marion Crane in the picture, or yep. then the sheriff ultimately shows up and, and picks up a lot of the slack. Yeah. Arbogast is great too. Uh, Martin Balsam as Arbogast is is yeah. really really great. Um, I mean, so so I mean, the cast is is great. Like I said, I just it, it just kind of it's like I agree. It, at that point, it doesn't have that energy that mm-hmm. the first half I does. That's Janet Lee. Yeah. You know, that's really Janet Lee. Um, pull that and then him. So, uh, that'd be my only criticism of it, but that does not take anything oh, away no. from, from the film. No. One critic, uh, said, uh, and I, I will completely go there. The 1998 remake, uh, one of the things that they said uh, that they would, the only thing they would switch out with the 1960 Hitchcock, uh, movie is they would take, uh, Vera miles out and they would take Julianne Moore from 98 and put her, in that and I, I'm kind of going. Yeah, I could. I that that might work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, no, no, that's not taking anything away from <laughs> from John Gavin or Vera Miles. But I just feel like the film just kind of, just for a second, just kind of wants to. It feels to, like it's veering off for just a second. To, from, uh, yeah, from where it was, you know. Yeah. I, I I agree. And it completely go gets gets right back yeah. on track. Yeah. No, so. I, know, I know what you mean. <laughs> so. Well, uh, as we said, uh, Norman is indeed mother. Mother is indeed Norman. What do you think of what do you think of that? So cool. <laughs> is that a good word? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's uh, I think it's just I don't have a good word for it, really. One of the things I noticed that Perkins did, I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but uh, when Vera Miles turns around mummified mm-hmm. Mrs. Bates. And uh, it's it's it, the the skull, the mm-hmm. kind of apricot looking skin mm-hmm. almost, but the, 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 it's almost smiling. Yeah. It's almost smiling. And he comes into the room, dressed his mother. I mean, a shocking moment. <laughs> you know, I'm sure. I can you Could you imagine this in 1960? Right. I'm watching this and it's still shocking to me when he comes. And it's, and it's, and it's terrifying when he comes around the corner. <laughs> no. and he tries, but did you, did you notice the smile mm-hmm. in, in the way that the smile was mimicking mm-hmm. mothers? You know, because it's not just like, oh, here's the, you know, Joker with the grin. No. Right. Because I was like, Man, that's a very particular look that he had when he, he came in. And then I was looking at the skull. I was like, ah, that's what he's 
Yeah, that's what he. It must be what he's doing. It's got to be what he's doing. I think so. You know. Yeah, that's uh, like you said for that time period. <laughs> him dressed as his mother coming around the corner. I mean, I would have liked to have seen people's reactions to that. You know, in the theater. That would be amazing. I would. You know, it's too bad. You know, we we've talked about reaction videos on the show before. We don't get them. You know, it's like this. Actually, I would like to see. I would see. love to see what people. It's really too bad. Uh, it'd be really interesting. I don't know because, you know, we're so cynical these days and we, we've seen everything, you know, um, you know, a group of people like who've never seen psycho and actually put them in a theater, not, right. not sitting That's on the what couch. I'm picturing. I'm picturing them in a theater. Yeah. They've never seen it. Not watching it on the couch and like get a full theater yep. of people who've never seen psycho mm-hmm. and have cameras positioned and, and catch their reactions. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I would love to see that because <laughs> I, I think I really think that this movie still plays for the first time that you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I really do. Uh, and this movie has infinite rewatch value because I still catch things. And, and like you, you were pointing out, you know, uh, the mother talking about I'm not one of your stuffed birds. You know, that's mm-hmm. you know, it's a moment when you know what's coming after it makes it even kind of funnier and, 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 and sad and tragic, you know, all at the same moment. But, um, this is, this is an absolutely fantastic movie though. This is, this is, really uh, is. I've, I've said this about a couple that we've done on the show. Uh, blowout was one that I said this about and, and badlands was one that mm-hmm. I said this about. And I know there's another one that I mentioned this about. I said, I don't know that we're going to do a better movie. You know, this is one of the better movies that no. we're going to do on this show. And I think this is, Definitely one of the best movies that we're going to do, you know, on yeah. the show, past, past, present, future. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just that good. It is. I mean, know? just overall movie. It's just such a feel good movie, like you it's described. Feel good movie of 1960. <laughs> feel good. I'm sorry, movie. getting all excited. She got so excited movie. she kicked her microphone. I'm so excited yeah. about Psycho. So. <laughs> Well, on that note, let us we're going to take a very short break. And when we get back, we are going to wrap up our discussion of the feel-good movie of 1960, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. Antoine Dupuis, Psychic. Happy to announce my new show on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Fortune telling for dummies, based on my new book. You can call in and I will tell you your future. Here's a preview. Um, so I just like really want to know, like, am I gonna die? Seriously, am I gonna die? Yes. Join me, Antoine Duplessis, here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio for fortune telling for dummies. I tell you I'll see you there, but I already know I will. Antoine Duplessis out. (laughs) 
Champ Fanghorn here, sports guy over at WKMF, and I'm excited to tell you about my new place. Hey, do you like sports? Sports! No, I don't mean those sports. I mean the greatest album in the world by the greatest band in the world, Huey Lewis in the news. Whether you're working for a living or too hip to be square, come on down to sports. Sports! Where the burgers are hot, the beer is cold, and the heart of rock and roll is still beating. And we don't just play sports. Sports! Oh, no. We play all of their albums from the 1980s self-titled debut to Soulsville. Sports! Sports! Where it's Huey 24-7. Sports. Sports! Where we're always happy to be stuck with you. Located on Guilford Road next to the Cozy Cafe. Sports! Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are wrapping up our discussion of Psycho from Alfred Hitchcock. We are also wrapping up Mystery Thriller Month here on the show. It has uh, been a it, mysterious month. It's been a thrilling, a thrilling, <laughs> mysterious, mysterious thrilling. month. And uh, hopefully we save the best for last. Um <laughs> This is, uh, as we've said on the show before, this is a classic from top to bottom with good reason. And uh, as I said at the top of the show, this was not ever intended to be a technical analysis of the film. Uh, we're just kind of looking thematically at what's going on. And uh, it's not intended to be the uh, end all be all discussion on that either there's a lot of scholarly material out there on psycho and uh i've read some of it and uh i buy a lot of it and some of it uh you know might be reaching some sometimes but uh <laughs> it's uh it's all very interesting and this is a movie i think that uh that rewards kind of going into it and, and really looking at it and uh what hitchcock is saying and uh this it's fantastic you know this is reason this movie is is voted on those list of greatest films ever made. It's everything. It's everything from, uh, and, and I should have mentioned this at the beginning. He used his, uh, television crew that from, from mm -hmm. his, uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents to make this movie. So they were a well-oiled machine. And, uh, I feel like he was experimenting here and he was doing some things that he may have been doing in his youth. And, but with the, uh, added, uh, baggage of being a older experienced <laughs> guy, you know? And, yeah. and so it, 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 this, it, I think this might be his best film and that's saying something because yeah. I'm a huge fan of vertigo and rear window. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, let me ask this question. I don't, I, I, I'm, I just thought about this. Why do you think this is 60 years old this year? Why do you think this movie, aside from the scholarly, you know, bits and mm -hmm. film school bits studying this movie, why do you think this movie is still around? 
That's a good question. I mean, it's because it's just so good. I, I think it's still, you know, we were talking about, you know, how would it play today with mm-hmm. an audience? I think it's still shocking. That's yeah. the thing. It's, I was going to say that. I think it's, just... And I've seen, this is the thing. I'm watching this movie. I've seen this movie. Me too. I know the shower scene's coming. I know he's about to come around the corner, dress his mother. And I'm still kind of kind of on the edge of the I seat, know. you know, because I, and, and I don't know if it's worse because I know what's coming, but I'm still going, ooh, you know. Yeah. I, I think just the whole, the whole thing of it. I think... Because I know it attracts to me and appeals to me in that sense of, you know, you've got this guy playing his mother. You know, he's playing two different people. And I think that's just, you know, really clever, really cool. And that that's what I like about it. Like I said earlier, I like those psychological things. And I think people go back to that because they like to, they like, you know, yeah. I like psychological, you know, yeah. like, oh, what's happening, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah, it, I wouldn't say this is a pure horror movie, Mm-mm. you know, but uh, obviously we talked about the slash, you know, the influence it would have on the slasher genre. But it's the um, um, when, when you get into the horror genre, you know, we've talked about universal monsters. We've talked about slashers. We've done we've done psychological, you know, horror films. And uh, always kind of I was kind of land. On, I love the monsters. You know, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love them. I love the slashers, too. <laughs> um, I do kind of prefer and go for the psychological you know thing you know we were talking about hereditary you know the psychological aspect of that mm-hmm. you know uh the sixth sense is a movie that's more of a, a psychological film yeah. you know and uh this kind of seems to tread the line you know between a lot of different things but it kind of lands more in that psychological thriller yeah i think so. side of things and um i think i think it works mm-hmm. you know that that way and uh it's it's great it's totally my cup of tea yeah. I, I had a uh, I had a psycho shirt. I'd gone to Universal Studios way back, you know, this is early nineties or whatever. And uh I had a, a psycho shirt and it was the logo, psycho logo, and it had the, the house on it. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um you know, we didn't we didn't talk about this. What did you think of the house? The design <laughs> of the house. the house. The design of the house. How iconic. What do you think I think of the house? Ah, I already know what you think about the house. <laughs> that I want to live there. Okay, now I wouldn't have gone there, but you're a weirdo. That's why I love you. I like the house. <laughs> no, the house is, the house is, it just seems it's like, yeah, there, of course that would be the house. You know, of course right? that's what that house would look like. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm trying to remember, I, I read something about it. Like, he specifically wanted that house. Alfred Hitchcock. Like, he wanted, wanted, I hear him talk. He wanted the house to be that specific house for some reason. I, I'm whatever his reasons and instincts were, you know, they it worked. I don't completely worked. <laughs> all of his, all of his completely ideas completely worked. Work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I think it's I I still think it's just as intriguing and and terrifying and 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 spine tingling and gives you goosebumps. You know, sixty years later, I think it's it's the only reason I can think of why it's you know still around. <laughs> You know, I don't think it's, it's sometimes you see these old movies and you go uh, because the imitators, you know, kind of over, you know, make it lessen that impact. You know, we were talking about with the Dirty Harry, uh-huh. you know, you've seen movies like this now. So the impact it's great as that movie and hits you in the, in mm-hmm. the gut, you know, um, hit uh, Psycho still for me has that impact. It, it, you know, time has not diminished it. Imitators have not diminished it because there's nobody's done it as good, no. you know. Um, so that, I think that's why it's still around. 
I think so. Yeah. And, and yeah. the other thing we talked about, too, at the end of the day, it's an entertaining film. That's it, the, it it's, really you is. Know, I mean, we've, we've been talking for about 45 minutes here about the thematic things and, and things that are there, you know. But at the end of the day, it's, a, it's fun to sit down and watch this movie because it's, it is so thrilling. Though in the way, you know, we were talking about, let me, let's loop, loop back around, mm-hmm. you know, with the setups and the reveals, you have, you know, uh, well, it can't be Mrs. Bates. Uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Bates is in the ground. Well, what the hell is this? You know, and <laughs> and then but then you see you see her, you know, kill Arbogast. You know, it's like, well, wait, what the hell's going on? You know, is this, exactly. a, is this a ghost story? What the hell? You know, and I mean, the first, you know, first time you see, uh, quote unquote, her in the mm-hmm. movie, she's in the window moving. So he's up there like dressed like mother, you know, yep. and then he comes down. And it's kind of interesting, you know, like because she's up in the upper level, and then he comes down. You know, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it really, it really is. It, it's really it's something. So good. <laughs> it's really something. So with that said, I, I don't, I can't think of anything else to say about it. You know, outside of you know, it's really good, and you should see it. And if you haven't seen it, you know, shame on you. Not right. <laughs> shame on you. Uh, this this is gonna be difficult. So I'll go ahead and preface this with all of them. Uh, favorite moments? Did you have anything? Um, in particular, it's like, uh, and I know we both have the shower scene. Yeah, of course we have the shower scene. Uh, you know, scene. not even just the shower scene. I like when she falls and she grabs the shower curtain. And there, it the cuts, close up it on cuts the, just so many things. Yeah. It cuts to her eye. It cuts to the blood going down the drain. The drain. And then you're back up at the shower. I mean, at the shower head with the water. You know, it's yeah. like. That is just and the uh, the uh, blood uh, is allegedly Bosco chocolate syrup <laughs> because they thought it would show up better, and uh, they they wouldn't let him make it in color because of the blood. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think it works. I think it works. In black and white. It's it's fine <laughs> in black and white. Um, my f- I like uh, I like when Arbogast gets murdered. Mm-hmm. I like that. You're up top yeah. looking down like a bird almost, yeah. you know, and then she comes out and I like the way he falls down the stairs, mm-hmm. the way that, that, that shot goes down the stairs with him. Yeah, he was great for those kind of technical trickeries yeah, like that. Yeah, I like when we went up above and he was carrying mother down the stairs. Yeah. You know, that was pretty cool how it kind of... <laughs> yeah. Um, we mentioned, you know, Anthony Perkins. Uh, one of the things I really admire about his performance is he does not... Uh, there's no tell with him. There's no... Uh, what? So, for instance, watch Vince Vaughn playing um, Norman Bates in the 1998 remake, and then watch Anthony Perkins playing him. And uh, Vince Vaughn's given tells. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is is creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing him creepy. Uh, right. Vince Vaughn himself, I don't think is creepy. But uh, <laughs> but but Anthony Perkins doesn't give you a tell. You know, and that's what you know. And and I think in a lot of ways you could compare. You know, not artistically, but the way that this is set up something like from dusk till dawn that we did with psycho, because there's, there's this moment in from dusk till dawn where boom, you're into a different movie. And in right. this, you're kind of into a different movie, you know? And, um, so, but he doesn't give you a tell that something's coming. Right. And he doesn't give you a tell when, when he goes in and he sees the body of Marion crane there in the, in the bathroom, mm-hmm. he, his reaction does not give anything away. There's at no point. Do you suspect that it was him who did this? Right. And Hitchcock, you know, is planted if you go back and watch it that second time. But even then, he's not telling you, you know, explicitly that it's this guy. And, you know, you, you think that he's doing this to cover for his mother, you know. Yeah. And then there's this kind of sense of, of of sympathy that you might have for him because she's a sick woman, right. apparently. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
So I feel like we could talk about this movie forever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and they've been talking about it for for, <laughs> for forever for a long time. It's uh, it's it's really wonderful. But uh, yeah, it, like I said, it's hard to pick like that that one thing, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, um, performance wise, I you know Perkins, he's so good. Yeah, he's really so good. I know. Yeah. That smile at the end. <laughs> Moment at the end, yeah, you know the uh, the superimposition of the skull, you know, the over his face mm-hmm. you know, as the car's coming up. back into day as it is. You know, we said you know they go from day into night and then yep. kind of coming back into the light. Yeah, and then you kind of got that primordial pit, you know, with uh, in the swamp, you know, with like yep. you know his 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 psychological trash is is yeah. buried there. You know, it's where he buries all the secrets. Yeah. You know, it's um it's very. It, What's amazing is it's very simple. You know, the yes. story is very simple and, and the execution is so well done and the thematic elements, they hang on it, you know, and it's, this is a uh, one, this is one of those movies you have to see before you, before you leave the planet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's that good. I know. And it's something too that, you know, when you learn how it was made and, you know, it wasn't the easiest movie. The story behind it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like. I think it's even a good message that if you think you have something good, don't give up on it. Cause look at psycho. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, um, I, I, I'm not 60 years old. Like he was when he made this, I, I've, he's got 20 years on me. Um, you know, just the story behind it. I like the fact that this was an older man who, mm-hmm. who wanted to take a chance, you know, and, and aren't uh, we so glad he did <laughs> to me. I mean, I think there's too many artists, you know, they can maybe get a little, stale Mm -hmm. because find things at work i'm not saying that it's easy to do anything artistic what i'm saying is it it happens you know um that's why i'm so amazed by a guy like clint eastwood who's still you know he's (laughs) 90 years old he just had a movie come out but uh steven spielberg remarked about eastwood during i forget which run it was maybe the million dollar baby run he said man he's he's like he's 70 years old he's doing his best work you know they, they couldn't believe it you know, know, but Hitchcock, I think there's something to be said about a guy who, for whatever reason, finds that fire again that he had and and makes something that's so just mm-hmm. good and kind of punk rock for the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's uh, you look at it. It's from the 60s. It looks like it's from the 60s. It feels timeless. though. that's the thing. And, I know. and it just this thing just goes. It's a rocket ship. It's 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 really really amazing. I'm so glad that we 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 did this and yeah. uh, you know it's it's one that maybe should have been on earlier you know on the show, but I'm glad we waited till we kind of got the show under our belt yeah. you know a little bit to do it. Yeah, so. I'm glad we finally we finally did this one. It's he says one of the best movies out there. It's been one of my favorites. For yeah, a long mine too. Time. Mine too. So. Mine too for sure. Um, do you remember the first time you saw it? Oh, I don't. It was a long time. Ago. I was I was about <laughs> ten or eleven watching on AMC with my uncle. I don't know what it was. My uncle who who's introduced me to so many, you know, of these movies that we've talked about mm-hmm. and just films in general. And uh, and he's not a he's not a, a film buff. It's just you know what was <laughs> out at the time. You know, we were watching. And uh, no, he introduced me to Psycho, and I, I will forever be grateful for that. You know, he was just kind of like you got to see Psycho. You know, <laughs> watched it and just blew my mind he's and smart. became became one of my favorites. You know, it was just. Um, yeah very very good movie (laughs) very good movie so um well 
that's it for mystery thriller month do you have anything you would like to add about psycho or any any of these these great movies and i mean that sincerely great movies that we talked about this month no but you did you did a great job picking movies this month i mean a really good job well thank you because i hadn't seen some of these and they were so good i was i was really glad that we got blowout in Mm -hmm. that that's the one i was i was i was really happy that we were we were able to do that you know and uh, if if you have not heard that episode, um, I I really think the blowout episode is one of our best. Mm-hmm. It's it's up there for me with with every now and then when, when we do the show. And this is not to to be uh, you know blowing our own horns or anything like that. Um, it, you know, I always feel like we do a pretty solid job for the most part with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when we go back and edit and we listen, you know, and there's a few episodes that have always stood out to me. You know, it feels good when we're doing it. And you go back and you listen to it. The blowout episode, really, I think we 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 did a good job with that of of capturing that movie and uh, why you need to see it. And, and um, right. it's it's a movie that's not as well known as I would like for it to be. You know, I know it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and uh, I, I I really do enjoy that episode. I think we did a good job on that one. But uh, this is this has been a really fun month. That's the thing. You know, um, getting out of the uh, you know Street. not wanting to get out of the horror the horror box, but really kind of getting in, into a, a side sister you know, genre. I, I, I like of it. this though. Cause I think this is what I watch more. Yeah. The, you know what I usually tend to gravitate, you know, gravitate towards. Yeah. And so it was nice to, I said, I hadn't seen some of these movies, so mm-hmm. it was nice to be introduced to a lot of these and be like, wow, I yeah. missed out on <laughs> in the way, in the way that the show has kind of been, been, you know, kind of, uh, you know, rocking along, you know, and, and, and uh, I've say faith, you, faith is, is really good. Before we even started the show, we would watch films together. And uh, she's always impressed me because you've not formally studied film. You've, you've picked up as, as we've gone along and mm-hmm. you know, but you know how to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And I've always, always enjoy people who, even if you can't, you know, John Milius says, you know, I'm not a technical filmmaker in that documentary we watched on Milius, you know, and I'm not one of these. I don't care about the technical stuff. I'm, right. I'm caring about the story, the technical stuff. You know, as long as it's not detracting from from that story, right. you know, I don't care about that. But uh, you've always been one of these people. What makes the show so fun to do and especially these movies, you know, you you might not have the words for it, but you know what you're seeing, right? You know, and and you can art, and you you've gotten out to where you can articulate it, and that's what's made these uh, these mystery thriller mm-hmm. shows so much fun because you haven't you hadn't seen them, and right. uh, you know you didn't see these classic films, and then we get to talk about them, and that's what I've I've enjoyed about it, and and uh, you know getting to talk about them with you, and that's why I think what I said earlier, I was so excited that we waited on Psycho mm-hmm. for now, yeah. you know, kind of we know how to, you know, some of you out there might argue. You know, but we we kind of figured out how to do the show, right. you know, yeah. and uh, now, I'm terrible with words and I'll even say, it. so <laughs> it's, like it's, you said, you know, I know what I'm trying to say and I know what I'm seeing. But sometimes I, I can't no, but but, you know, out. but the thing I was getting to is, you know how to watch a movie, right? That's the thing. And you've gotten better at watching I was about to say, movies. I've actually gotten so much better at watching movies. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. I'm like. Whoa. And that's and that's what this show is about, you know, is about getting people excited about these movies. Yeah. And we made uh, we're coming up on our year anniversary. So, I mean, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, we're going to talk about it in just a second. But, um, 
you know, we made the decision, our second episode ever that we did, we did the remakes of Friday the 13th <laughs> and uh, we did the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I thought it would be funny because we were going to call it episode two, Attack of the Clones. And then, <laughs> you know, we we're going to talk about those. And that was outside of stuff that we maybe we hadn't seen before. Either I hadn't seen or you hadn't seen or together we hadn't seen. You know, we didn't like those movies. And that was our second. Ep- I'm so glad that was like second episode up because we made the decision after that. I was like, we're only doing movies that we like, like at least if the other one hasn't seen it, like at least one of us right. likes the movie. Right. There's been a few disagreements along, the- but nothing major. Yeah. Just like, ah, it was OK. It really is OK. <laughs> you know, but um, it was like we made a decision. Like, no, we're only going to do movies we like because I don't want to sit here and talk about a movie that I don't. That it's I don't occasionally like. fun to make fun of me. <laughs> It is occasionally fun to make fun of movies, yes. And we had a lot of fun with some of the Nicolas Cage stuff and things like that, you know. But but as far as, like, you know, going in, we know we didn't, we don't like them. We're going to sit right. there and we're going to, like, you know, crap on them. I think know? it's different if we haven't seen the movie, like like you said. Like, completely different. Yeah, it's completely yeah. different. But if we're going in, like, we've both seen this and we're just going to talk about it and yeah, I be didn't. depressed about it. Yeah, so we made, we made a decision not to do movies that we don't like. So this is great. It's been great doing movies that we yeah. that we like. And we're going to try and this, We made a decision just to keep it light, right. you know, and, and like this. But uh, I hope if you're out there listening that you've been following and, and if you haven't seen these movies that you've gotten exposed to them because mm-hmm. I think they're really wonderful movies. And uh, they are. I'm looking forward to uh, – we are getting – so kind of going back, uh, it's been fun to do that kind of side genre to the horror, you know, the mystery thriller. Yeah, but we're going to be getting back into more kind of straight and classic horror in February. And I'll go ahead and uh, let the uh, cat out of the bag because uh, this gentleman, uh, you know, wants to play uh, skin the cat in the movie. And uh, for our uh, for our one year anniversary episode, we are going to be doing Wes Craven's 1994 film New Nightmare starring uh, Heather Langenkamp and Robert England as uh, Roberto. R- Roberto Inglundo <laughs> as a uh, Fred Chuck Kruger, and uh, it's a great film. I really, really, it's yeah. uh, you know when I talk about the Elm Street movies, it's always like one, three, and seven. <laughs> those are those are the ones, you yeah. Know? And then Fred, I like Freddy versus Jason, but like mm-hmm. one, three, and seven, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's really kind of not an Elm Street movie, but it is an Elm Street movie. It's <laughs> like it's it's so cool. It's 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 a really really great movie. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So, and we got, uh, we got, uh, we may perchance have uh, Chucky showing up in in February. Uh, Michael Keaton as some ghost with the most might be showing up in in uh, in February. So we got some stuff. We're also gonna be having Sci-Fi Month uh, at some point this year. We're gonna be doing John Carpenter Month at some point during this year. We're gonna be doing Sequel Month during. Uh, during 2020, I think we should have Cage Match Part Two. Uh, Psycho Psycho <laughs> Two is more than likely going to pop up on the uh, on the sequel match. Uh, we're going to continue doing Nicolas Cage films. We had another uh, we had another idea for a, a theme month, didn't we? Um, possibly. <laughs> Maybe horror comedy was was something. We we got a couple things that we're yeah. that we're looking at, but uh, yeah, we decided this year, uh, you know, maybe for the you know. Yeah, as long as the show keeps going, we're going to be doing like theme months. So. I like themes. I think it's well, it's cool because you can do the supplemental episodes uh-huh. around it. And yeah. uh, so I, I hope think, you've yeah. checked all of those out, and I hope you've enjoyed Mystery Thriller Month. Uh, thank you as always for your continued support. If you're a return listener, if this is your first time, welcome, and we certainly do hope that you come back. Faith, does it feel 
like it's that time. It does. It does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Let's see. Is it that time? Faith, it is that time. Time to say goodbye. There's the music. Goodbye, January. Goodbye, Mystery Thriller Month. Went by so fast. Really did. Uh, we're going to have to do another Mystery Thriller Month sometime in the future. Yeah. Might do another one this year, possibly. We should. Yeah, once we, <laughs> once we get back onto the horror, yeah. horror train. So, Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock, absolute masterpiece. That is a word that gets thrown around too, too much sometimes for my taste. This one's absolutely a masterpiece. So, let's do it, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side. This is a coyote for the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. When you're out there on the road of life, be careful what motel you pull into. Mother might be waiting for you. Take the good vibes you got from the show out with you in the world. And if you can't find them out in the world, look deep in your heart. They're right there waiting for you. See you next time.